Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined by Denny Carter, as we are at long last joined by the NFL regular season. Denny, we are looking very strongly into week one lineups, into yeah. rankings decisions, into DFS uh, money costing decisions, last minute swaps, as some of you guys call them. We love swaps. We'll go on to haunt you forever. What we weren't looking at, what we thought was a ton of big news. I was complaining for the show, there was nothing to talk about. Um, except for the Lions and how we're truthing yeah. the Lions. But fate intervened, Denny. And just a few minutes before we went live, Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee in Chiefs practice and is now highly questionable for Thursday night's opener against the Detroit Lions on a little network you've maybe heard of called NBC at 8.20 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so that yeah. hitting aside, I was not like very, very bad news. I was talking to the show like, People have like oriented their entire teams, their entire like 2023 season strategies yep. around first rounder Travis Kelsey, around stacking yep. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Even one or two missed games could be a really big deal for Travis Kelsey. You know, missing your first rounder for one fifth, one sixth of the season uh, can never be a good thing. And we don't know a lot. I mean, for all we know, like two hours later this afternoon, they could say it turns out it's just mostly precautionary. Right. He's a little sore, but he's good to go for Thursday. But with that caveat, with Travis Kelsey hurt in practice Tuesday afternoon, I mean, are, are we panicking? What are we doing, Denny Carter? I I feel panicked, uh, and, and this and I this is someone you know speaking for myself. I, I don't think I drafted Kelsey on a single team, and it's still I did not either. Not a single managed team is there. Right, own. right. It's still it's still you know kind of jarring. I mean, like you said, people said I need Kelsey, I need Mahomes, and then the rest is cake. And if he misses a week or two, that's huge. You know, that's just like Cooper Cup. If and, and I have lots of Cooper Cups, so you know that stings. And and missing him for a week or two is uh, is a huge, huge shot uh, to to your fantasy team. I uh, the the cascading effects of, of Kelsey, who you know commands regularly a 30 target share in this Kansas City offense. Uh, we could probably spend an hour just talking about that about who. Who gets the targets? What does this mean for Mahomes? What does this mean for the other uh, tight ends uh, for Kansas City? The other receivers, they're carrying seven receivers, Pat. They have seven receivers on the roster. Uh, you know, maybe one or two are going to be inactive for, for Thursday. Uh, but but now, now we're talking about, you know, what, a dozen targets possibly being up for grabs. So it, it's, a, it's a huge, huge news item, obviously, and we, we're here to talk about it. There's so many random Chiefs to talk about. As you mentioned, they have seven receivers. But before the show, we were frantically trying to figure out if both Noah Gray and Blake Bell yeah. were currently healthy. Appears they are both still healthy, both yep. still on the Chiefs roster. If Travis Kelsey's out Thursday night, which there's a good chance he's out. We won't spend too much time talking about this because we don't know what the, what the situation is be. Would you have any interest in Noah Gray or Blake Bell? It, probably not in redraft, uh, but maybe in redraft. Would you have any interest in those backup tight ends? Right. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to be talked about from a DFS standpoint, like, you know, jamming them in your showdown lineup or whatever, but they're also going to be really popular. Probably if we get some clarity on who will be the pass catching guy among these two tight ends. I honestly, I, I, I think that uh, this is great possibly for Sky Moore, uh, who is expected to be a starting wide receiver alongside MVS and Justin Watson. I know people don't want to hear it, but those are th that's the starting lineup for for Kansas City. Uh, so you know you have Sky Moore in the slot. Uh, I would guess that he would probably see a, a lot of those Kelsey targets in the middle of the field. And by the way, Detroit. Just talking about this week, Detroit last year was was awful against the slot. Um, so it could be tremendous for Sky Moore. By the way, if Denny, if at any point in the podcast today it appears like Denny is like a beat behind, like I throw to him, uh, he doesn't respond immediately. It's because he's jamming Noah Gray into the captain <laughs> um, <laughs> Thursday night. And we were already going to talk about the Chiefs receivers before the Travis Kelsey injury news. And again, by the time you're hearing this, maybe he's been cleared. Maybe he's been ruled out. But uh, ESPN's Adam Tyker reported earlier this week, kind of like sensibly so, we kind of already knew this, that uh, Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross might be kind of like package players to begin the season. I believe he included Kadarius Toney 
in that as well. Yeah. And just, yeah, like Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez, Scanling. Who was the third in the three receiver sets? Uh, Justin Watson, folks. It was Justin Watson and not Richie James. Uh, Kadarius Tony is practicing. Kadarius Tony is probably healthy enough to play week one. Uh, So, uh, we know all about our sordid history with Kadarius Tony, though. Yeah. And what are some Chiefs receiver thoughts to unburden yourself with, including, <laughs> I mean, Kadarius Tony could have possibly count this time. Well, it, it, as far as being active, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Ross and or Rasheed Rice were inactive uh, for for this game. I bet Justin um, Ross will be inactive. Is my right. Guess. You have uh, Richie James is the is the kick returner, or at least the punt returner. So he is going to be active. He would. You know, hopefully not split snap uh, slot routes uh, with with Sky Moore, um, but he could could be involved. Um, you know, MVS is probably you know a, a boomer bust option, but I do like him against a Lions a Lions uh, secondary that allowed the second uh, highest yards per attempt last year and uh, was really gouged late in the season. So, you know, MVS is is interesting in, in that capacity. I don't think that there's any scenario where Kadarius Tony coming off of this injury and also just being who he is, is going to run an 85% route clip in this, in this game. It's just, that's, that's not going to happen. He could still make a play or two who knows. Uh, but I, I really think that the slot guys and by the way, the running backs uh, primarily, I guess, McKinnon will inherit this, this Kelsey workload. If he doesn't play, we know people will get super creative in DFS and, There'll be captain cases made for all seven Chiefs receivers. Even yeah. if, even after Justin Ross is a healthy scratch, there'll be there'll still be arguments to put him in your captain spot uh, somehow. Uh, that's a terrible <laughs> joke, but yeah, no, that's the process. That is the process. Is it safe to say Sky Moore is the only one we could really rely on in redraft? And rely is a strong word still mm-hmm. for Sky mm-hmm. Moore, but that we're not touching any of these Chiefs receivers in Week One redraft. Besides, Sky I, you Moore. know. Okay. Yes, that I, I agree. Like twelve team league, you're starting three receivers, that sort of thing. Sky Moore is is the one. Okay, uh, even if Kelsey plays, by the way. But yes, um, yes, yes. I, I do just want to emphasize this quickly. I think the MVS is interesting. If you're in a fourteen teamer and you have multiple flexes and you're just looking for some points, just you're just desperately looking for guys who are out there. And MVS is going to be out there for ninety percent of the chief snaps. We know that, right? So, you know, he hits one and you feel pretty good about yourself. And it's the highest total game of week one. There could yeah. be big plays to be had. And if Travis Kelsey's not there, it does make MVS, even in like a 12-team a league, if you have like two flexes and yeah. you don't really like how your team is looking, you're kind of waiting to see how things shake out with a bunch of like young bench guys. MVS could be like a second flex, even a, a first, probably not a first flex, uh, a second <laughs> flex for week one. What the total mm-hmm. it was 50, over 54. Uh, and it's it's kind of the game where it's the kind of week where it's MVS's time to shine, basically. And I think it is. Feels yeah, that it feels that way, folks. MVS and the captain. Uh, we've got a lot more to talk about, but first we have to tell you one last time about the Roto World Draft Guide. The NFL season starts this week, which means drafts are happening right now. I am drafting Tuesday evening. Get the mm-hmm. Roto World Football Draft Guide, which includes all the rankings, player profiles, and projections you need to win your league this year. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide to get your draft guide now and use promo code CHAMP23 to save 20% off and receive a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. That is promo code CHAMP23 at NBCSports.com slash draft guide to save 20% off our draft guide. Really, really good stuff. I'm sad the draft guide season's over, but also yeah. sad or also happy that the regular season is finally beginning. We have some regular season storylines to talk about in a minute, but Dude, we have other injured tight ends to talk about. George Kittle is questionable with like some soft sort of soft tissue injury. If we want to stop me, if you've heard this before, that George Kittle is questionable. Mark Andrews is questionable. You weren't really liking the language that John Harbaugh was using to talk no. about Mark Andrews' injury. I do think he's going to play. Strange language, though. Uh, take us through. I mean, the top three tight ends are all hurt right now. I do not recognize TJ Hawkinson as the top three tight end. <laughs> or maybe even Darren Waller. The top three tight ends are all injured right now. What do we tell the folks about George Kittle and Mark Andrews? Uh, you don't even recognize TJ Hawkinson as an NFL player. So no, I, I don't. He retired. He's uh, <laughs> he's an unpaid assistant in Iowa now. That's right. an unconventional or, career path. Or alternatively, he could be one of the highest paid tight ends in history. 
that's yeah, another, that's true. another that's true. Uh, that is, could be a uh, thing. alternative version. All right. So yeah, uh, the, the, the Andrews thing is undisclosed. The Ravens, you know, look, the Ravens like to win. So they're going to lie about injuries. Okay. Uh, if you're not lying about injuries, you're not actually trying to win. This is my, my take on the, on the injury thing. They're going to have to eventually fess up and say what's wrong with on Wednesday. Team. They will have to. So you, rules. and we'll have that, keep that, keep it tuned in to Roto world. We're going to have that right when it happens. So, uh, so we will know more by Wednesday. Um, hopefully he can get some limited practices in late in the week. If he does, you can pretty much pencil him in, in into your lineup. But John Harbaugh said when asked about Andrews, he said, we're not hitting the panic button. And Pat, when I hear a coach use the word panic button, even when it's to say, do not hit the panic button, I get panicked. Yeah, when you're not hitting the panic button, the problem is that you are acknowledging the panic button. Like he knows that it's there. Like, we could press it at any time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're not doing it right now. But for, I mean, Friday I could press it. I could be standing right here with you. I could do it from my phone. There's an app for it now. But but yeah. but they but they've told me where the button is, and <laughs> I, so I am I am aware where it is. I may be pressing it, but not now. But maybe later. But no, he's currently not hitting it. My guess is that Mark Andrews will be limited on Wednesday. And I think if Mark Andrews is limited, practices in any capacity on Wednesday, yeah. it means he will be out there for the opener against the Houston Texans. And I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would worry in that didn't he play hurt a lot last year and was not effective playing hurt last year. And now there's just so much more target competition. He was a guy, a superstar, but I wanted him to hit the ground running this year, fully healthy to kind of like establish his dominance and this new offense, and this new system with the new coordinator, it just wasn't a guy, an early round guy that we needed getting off to like kind of like a stop, start, start to the season, so to speak. Like we we didn't want any question marks from Mark Andrews, and now we have question marks. I will say just quickly on the Ravens tight end situation um, with this Andrews non-panic button situation, Isaiah likely should be rostered in most twelve team leagues right now. Um, if you have Andrews, you should go ahead and just roster likely because I mean, Isaiah likely is definitely a tight end one play. If Andrews is out, um, aggressive, really top 12. I was going to, I was going to say like top eight, top totally new system. It's a much deeper receiver core. That's true. Yeah. I get, I get excited folks. I'm here. Pat's here to calm me down and, uh, with some, with some herbal tea. And, uh, he would be top I, 18 for sure. Top 12. I'm not sure I'd be prepared to jam him into the right. top 12. He well, is probably the best backup tight end in the league. I mean, that's not really a very cool mm-hmm. thing to be, but yes, probably, right. <laughs> he hopes to be more one day, yeah. uh, but <laughs> you should probably go ahead and, and pick him up, especially like if you're not super strong at tight end. Hey, if you have uh, Kelsey or if you have uh, Kittle, maybe do that. Go get likely as well. That's a really, really, really good point. And I'd say likely, Drafted in like some sicko leagues, but not even most sicko leagues and should be almost 100% available in like friends yeah. and family and home leagues. So I, I, that is a really, really good point. Isaiah likely because there's not a there's not a clear cut backup to add on the 49ers. There's not a clear cut backup no. to add on the Chiefs. The Chiefs stuff will probably just trickle down more to receivers. 49ers might get some tight end targets uh, in there if George Kittle doesn't play. And George Kittle, man, it said August 10th he's going to be out a week. Yeah, still hasn't practiced since then. And just kind of the George Kittle MO, get hurt, lingers a little longer than expected. Unlike some of these other guys, when he plays hurt, he usually produces. But it's, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't have anything yeah, to say about it other than, man, like how is great. this happening again with George Kittle? Yeah, I mean, he's 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 banged up a lot. I want to thank uh, Kyle Dvorak for convincing me to draft George Kittle uh, in many leagues over the past uh, 10 days. Direct your complaints to at Kyle tweets. Here. I, if you can hold if we can pause the podcast, I need to call Kyle real quick and tell him yes. how I feel about this. Um, he's been relieved. Yeah. So <laughs> one piece of bad advice. Yes. It wasn't even bad. It was good advice. Yeah, it could be uh, really good still. Charlie Warner is the tight end two on the Niners roster, just for the record. Okay, just so we're covered. Just so Charlie Warner is this Ross Dwelly erasure? Is he still alive? He's still on the team, but I I don't. And and yeah, it could be split up. Like the tight end, the Kittle position could easily be split up. But I think this this boosts Debo. It boosts Ayuk. Like they, they they are the main beneficiaries here. I totally agree with that. That's another situation where it's not going to 
the targets aren't going to trickle down. I don't know. Shane, it's so annoying, though. It, he know. is. But you can't, like, we, we make this mistake a lot where, we're like, oh, who's the backup? He's going to see that workload and that same pass route participation and everything. No, it, like, it, it usually doesn't work like that. With likely, it, it may actually work like that, but with the Niners, probably not. Might trickle down. You know, it's trickling down to think about it for one second. A 49er to absorb a tight end's lost target target. Oh my share. gosh, it is use check season. It's Kyle use check season. Oh folks. my gosh, he's going to see 12 targets. He is. It's, it actually is happening, especially because I can't get over like that the Brock Purdy, like proving he's actually good to her, uh, not only begins in a 1 p.m. Eastern game on the road, oh. you know, infamously difficult spot for West Coast teams. But in Pittsburgh uh, against Mike Tomlin, it's a horrible, horrible situation. It, it actually is horrendous. I mean, the Niners won't even be awake until halftime. No, they won't. And it's the the total is forty one. Uh, yeah, it's a crazy. There's like several. I think there's three or four games under forty. By the way, yeah, we are not bringing our best to Week One. Uh, the the Panthers the Panthers Falcons game has plummeted by I think five points over the past week, and we are down to thirty. Eight, I want to say. 39 and a half, at least according to where I'm looking. Uh, you know, it's different. Cardinals Commanders is 38. Yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, Sorry, yes, that yeah, was the yeah. one. <laughs> Cardinals, okay, there's only two games under 40, but only two games under 40 in week one. Not a great. You know what's a weird line is the Patriots are hosting the Eagles. What, do, you remember, do you know what the Patriots, what the line is for this game? Oh, oh yes, I do. Uh, the Patriots are four-point dogs at home. Does that not seem very uh, like low? Like I feel like it should be much higher in favor of the Eagles. I have uh, a uh, I have a bad feeling about this one uh, as far as the Eagles go. You know what game I have a horrible, horrible feeling about this week, and oh, we'll talk I, I, about it. In our, I know I you know. already know. We're going to talk about our preview show Thursday. Can you guess which game I have a horrible feeling about? The the Tampa Minnesota. The Bucks. The Bucks yeah. are winning in Minnesota <laughs> on Sunday. Hey, mark it down. It's happening. It like, really is just happening. <laughs> Todd Bowles is going to have Kirk Cousins in hell. Like yep. he's going to have him in hell. We we've truth Todd Bowles several times, but. He is so good at erasing people like Kirk Cousins. He is going oh. to have him in hell. And and and, and by the the Minnesota defense is horrific. It's the and only horrendous. one, only one that Baker Mayfield can have success against. The only it one. Is, it is truly her. The Vikings six point home favorites. We'll see about that. We're looking into that very strongly. <laughs> yeah, that's the Bucks at the very least are covering. Yeah. Maybe the the Vikings get a walk off field goal. Greg Joseph still the kicker. He he is he is. And uh, there's gonna be four or five Greg Joseph field goals. We'll see if he can kick enough of them. Yeah, honestly, as someone who has a lot of Vikings, I don't want to hear all this, but I'm hoping for a shootout that the Vikings lose in heartbreaking fashion. This is man. Uh, so we were gonna originally start the show. You and I recently we participated in some clickbait, Denny. We did. Um, where I, I quote tweeted uh, one of those like prompt tweets about who the most overrated team oh, in the league is okay. yeah. heading into the season. And I said I regretted to inform it was the Detroit Lions. And it appeared you agreed. Yeah. And kind of dovetails into all the really, really disturbing reports lately at uh, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, not only is he not a running back, he's our number one deep threat type reports. Uh, very, very strange smoke signals coming out of Lions headquarters. And so first up, why do we think the Lions – what on a gut instinctual level, why did you say the Lions are over? Well, uh, you know, uh, Jared Goff overperformed last year. If you look 1, at thousand like, percent his interception rate over his career, his touchdown rate over his career, like that all jumped by quite a bit. Now, o- the OC there, Ben Johnson, he is good. He's probably a future NFL head coach. So maybe he can coax another solid season out of Jared Goff. I, I think that that's definitely in the range of outcomes. But man, I just I think everything fell right for them. They still didn't make the playoffs. They, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to like hurt people's feelings with this or anything, but the Jameer Gibbs pick is disastrous. It's just, yeah. it's just a, it's, I mean, it's a total, when, when we look back at the Dan Campbell era, we'll see that it ended with Jameer Gibbs being drafted. Oh, in the top come 10. on, man. No, that, that was a, that was a, a completely wasted pick. <laughs> it was not a good pick. And, the way this man, the way they're talking about it, this would be the first time. And there's exceptions to every rule, but as we know, the rule is when a team talks about like a positionless player, uh, it means they don't oh. have a position that they're good at, and not not that they're so good that they're playing multiple positions. It means they don't have a position. 
I, and it's not good. Can I tell you the weirdest the weirdest thing <laughs> about you know, I, I, I was reading a, a DetroitLions.com column on how the running backs would be used. And it's like Montgomery will be used like a running back. Tim Twentyman, a very good in-house yeah. Lions reporter. And nothing against Tim. This is what the team is saying, you know. And and so, uh, uh, and then Gibbs will potentially be the main downfield threat. A five-foot, eight-and-a-half running back is going to be the main downfield. Because they lost DJ Chark to Carolina. They, they don't have Jamison Williams for the first six weeks, right? So it's going to be a running back as the downfield threat. And here's the thing, Pat. The response to this overwhelmingly was, A, good, and B, <laughs> this makes sense because he's fast. But no, I d- this, is not, this is not happening. Like a little running back coming out of college is not going to be burning sec- secondaries deep. It's just not going to – like he, he may catch a wheel route on Thursday night and people will come at me and be like, I told oh, yeah. you. Your you life know? will be ruined. Yeah, to a 27-yard gain down the sideline. And that's great. That's awesome. But as the main guy, that's not happening. No, and just the Lions – just you hit on the main point with Jared. The Jared Goss 2022 felt like the classic season where, like, you shake the guy's hand after the season, like, wow, we didn't think you had that in you, Jared. But, like, we, you are still not in our long-term plans, and we still need to find a better quarterback solution. Instead, they decided the, the window is open now. They need to go all in around this Jared Goff, like, career year last year. And just everything about that campaign stream kind of outlier to me. It's not the second time in Jared Goff's career he's had an outlier season, but this screamed outlier. And then – Running it back, this with Jared Goff, and then just a very, very questionable skill core. Like Monra St. Brown, to be frank, I don't isn't really a particularly great number one weapon. I feel like he's an above average one. I don't think he's like an elite number one. I, this could be like a horrible take, actually. I mean, maybe what's a better way to phrase this? <laughs> but he's a number one weapon. But like he's a kind of number one weapon where I think you need other weapons around. Him. Yeah, like, yeah. I, he's I, not I, carrying an offense. He might carry like the target share. And so he carries fantasy teams. Yes. But Amon Ross St. Brown, like can't carry like a real life NFL offense for 17 right. weeks. And just the really, really questionable other playmakers around him. Again, the rookie quarter running back that they're being like, he might be a receiver. Like, <laughs> we, just, we don't like not, not. Yeah. And like, you know, all summer, like we'll be like, what about when Jamison Williams comes back? And Dan Campbell, like like a month ago, said, "Yeah, he can't catch. <laughs> like, guy doesn't catch I mean, the ball or get open, and right or uh, or show up or show up healthy or on yeah. time. Like, come on, man, you can't put you. Jameson Williams is this close to being a completely wasted pick. He is, and just the line. The defense got a little better as the season went on last year, but I mean, this is not an elite defense at all. Like, not yeah. even close. And basically, they need." They they need like the offensive line to like not only remain one of the best in the league, but like be the very best offensive line. Then if that is the case, like if this is like a truly still elite, which every indication it will remain an elite offensive line. Yeah, sure. It has to be like the beating heart of this team, basically. And they just like road pave people on offense because I don't think they're having as much passing success as they did last year. Right. Yeah. The passing. I mean, look the. Uh... Khalif Raymond is probably the wide receiver too for Detroit. And that is not the best. I mean, Marvin Jones apparently plays for the lions. Did you know this? Did you look uh, into this? I did very strongly. We looked into and, it. Uh, I mean, it's DJ shark and Marvin Jones, the switch teams yeah, every year. That's right. Uh, I mean, you take away, I know this sounds stupid on the surface, but I'm going to say it anyway. You take away St. Brown. It's easily the worst wide receiver room in the league. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it, does that make sense? Uh, it does. Producer Adam is trying to bail me out here. He's basically saying that, you know, I'm saying Amon Ra is not a Devonte Adams or Justin Jefferson or CeeDee Lamb where he can like put a passing offense on his back. And maybe he does like an approximation of that, but he, the Lions are treating Amon Ra St. Brown basically. Yeah. as like a bona fide top five alpha wide receiver one. And I, I don't think he's that he's more of this, like uh he's like an amazing, like t- t- touches hog, but that he needs to be complimented by like true uh, other explosive playmakers and yeah, very questionable sure. up for debate if they have that. So anyways, looking forward to the Lions going 12 and five and easily winning this division after we have truth. Yeah. Them I don't think it's happening. But... And now in podcast form, uh, we've got a lot more to come, but first a word from our sponsors who happens to be us. 
It's a double dip of Sunday night football this week. The season kicks off Thursday, September 7th, when Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs host the Detroit Lions, followed by Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys taking on Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants on Sunday. Coverage of both games begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. We're uh, promoing a Lions game right after we say, oh, they're bad. Uh, Oh, it should be a fun game, though. I I don't even know if it will be. I think it might be like last year, like the Chiefs, like a certain dominant. Do you remember the season opening game last year by any chance? I do. Um, The Bills uh, ended any uh, hopes and dreams. That was like not just a season. That was like a dynasty ending game for the Rams. Like revealing yeah. that the whole thing was over. Yeah, yeah the, the, the maybe facade. a charade all along. Yeah, it was. It was completely <laughs> like the flukiest Super Bowl of all time, and they showed that. If if, that, if Tart on the 49ers could just catch whatsoever, the Rams would have never even gone to the Super Bowl. Yes, and, we wouldn't uh, have been fooled into thinking that the Rams were good. Sean McVay would be making $25 million a year from Amazon to call Thursday Night Football. Mm. But instead, he was a Super Bowl winner, and he's back <laughs> with the Rams. Denny, uh, so we got the big news out of the way. Still lots of big fantasy news, though, including some pretty crazy backfield committee situations, kind of stuff that is really difficult to prognosticate in the summer before we see like live reps on the regular season field. Yeah. Two or three everyone wants to talk about. The Colts backfield is another one. I mean, which – Maybe people don't actually really want to talk about this. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, and mm-hmm. we're talking rookie Evan Hull. We're talking Deion Jackson. We're talking Zach Moss. Who do we pri- – I mean, I feel like we're kind of all focusing on Evan Hull, and maybe people aren't talking as much about Deion Jackson. And I don't – what is real? What is fake? What are we doing in, the, in this in this Jonathan Taylor-less Colts backfield right so now? The, the, yeah, I mean, Deion Jackson actually had like an RB1 – outing last year he had like it was the 10 catch game right yeah when the colts were down real bad in the backfield and uh so you know he's he's functional for sure i think more he's more so a a pass catching specialist uh, which which is fine i mean if he gets enough snaps enough opportunities that could be good for fantasy i i'm still putting pushing my chips in on on, uh, on evan hall and i don't even know if you can use that term because you can get him so late or you i have gotten him so late it's not you're not taking any sort of gamble but you know, Zach Moss is Zach Moss. I he he probably as the veteran probably gets the first crack at it. I don't see him succeeding all that much. Evan Hall is a is a good size back who blocks well, and he led all of college football in in running back receiving stats last year. I I just I think he has he has a lot going for him, and that Moss doesn't. He's you know he's the best hybrid of in in that backfield in that in that three man backfield right now. So that, that's why I'm in on Hall. The Colts are five-point home underdogs to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game, by the way, is on Fox. Jaguars-Colts is like the most CBS game that's ever existed. I, yeah, how? They have they have like some weird cross-flexing agreements where CBS yeah. is still mostly the AFC and vice versa. Wow. But this one has been cross-flexed to Fox. The most AFC game, they dropped the ball at CBS. I mean, listen, they're a competitor. I mean, they're also our friends, but they dropped the ball. You Come got the on, most CBS. CBS game in the history of CBS. I, I needed Jim Nance to do this game. <laughs> Jim, it would, it would be Spiro Dedes and I Adam know. Archuleta calling this game. But it was, they'd be, they're good on the call. It would have been good. I know you'd but, be able to come up with more CBS names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Spiro does great stuff on the NFL and the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, get with the times. But, uh, I mean, too, a really – it could be Zach Moss season. We know this is going to be one of the most run-based offenses. Maybe they just need like a lot like between yeah. the tackles, like heavy lifting. And uh, This is one, like the cop-out answer. I'm just uh, staying away from this backfield. And maybe not in DFS, of course, but redraft, yeah. uh, you should not be st- – I feel like you should not be starting any Colts running backs in redraft. This well, uh, another thing is like I, I just talked about pass catching this and that. I don't. I don't see a whole lot of running back pass catching happening in that on that team. No, like, no, no. You know, Anthony Richardson is not dropping back and dumping it off to Evan Hall. Anthony Richardson is dropping back, checking his first two reads, and leaving the pocket for an easy eight yard scamper. So that that's that's what will happen. I, so I don't. I I don't really know if there's like a lot to be had. We're going to talk ad nauseum about this backfield just for weeks and weeks. We're going to oh this guy that guy he played. We're gonna we're gonna analyze it like it's like it's a, an alien artifact, right? I mean, yes. just 
and and it, it's going to come to almost nothing is what is what i would say but if i have to choose someone i'm choosing the rookie it will come to almost nothing as will all of our lives <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, <laughs> let's move on to equally appetizing backfield the dolphins backfield jeff wilson we thought was one of the late round life hacks at running back free goal line touches free early down work a guy who did a lot of that in the second half of last year, but he's beginning the year on injured reserve. Is missing three games or four games when you're on injured reserve? He's missing. Four. Yeah, four. that leaves Raheem Mostert. Uh, Devin A. Shane is healthy now to begin week one. You've been trying to, for some reason, begin a Miles Gaskin movement. Oh, well, the, uh, the Gaskin really. was cut. <laughs> oh, no. That, uh, sorry, Salvin Ahmed. Um, sorry. Ahmed, yeah. You were trying to lead a Salvin Ahmed I movement. Was. And uh, where are you at right now? Has your head any clearer after doing that last Thursday? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, it's pretty clear that it's going to be, it's probably going to be split between a chain and Mostert, but I, you, you gotta think that Mostert is going to be the lead back as long as he's healthy, because look, there are only 19 living running backs who can operate in the Kyle Shanahan or in the Shanahan, <laughs> uh, r- rushing system, right? Yes. Only 19 and Mostert's one of them. So you got to think that he, he gets the nod as, as the main guy, I, you know, a chain could be interesting in like, in like deeper formats. They, they like that. He's fast. You know, he's, he's very versatile, uh, could hit on a big play or something. But as far as like touches go, you, I don't think you're going to get much in the way of those for uh, Devin a chain. Maybe it was cause he was hurt a lot of the summer, but we talked about this in the podcast last week. Like people get annoyed at like all the pointless puff pieces, I would have liked at least one of those for Devin A. Shane. Just one. And, and Dolphins can't. Like, just one positive report. There weren't any negative reports on Devin A. Shane, but this doesn't seem like he made much of a mark in Dolphins' offseason practices and training camp. No, it, do- it doesn't. Uh, and, and I know he's the exciting answer, right? Like, he, you know, you want to be, oh, yes, it's A. Chain, like explosive guys. His college peripheral metrics were off the charts uh for the most part so you want to say a chain but very often folks it's it's the more boring answer and in this case i think it's most yeah and definitely raheem most Devin a shane is someone to keep on speed dial someone to add to your watch list on yahoo or I'm sure. espn i believe has like a flag uh, there's there's buttons you can press uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to monitor press these players yeah pressing buttons uh, <laughs> And monitor the NSA, of course, has a button to press uh, to monitor these players. Yes. So add, add Devin A. Shane to your watch list. But again, unlike the Colts, I actually do feel comfortable like flexing Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. That should be a really, really high-scoring game. It's the Chargers, correct? Yeah, and it's the second highest total of the week. Yes, yes. we need that game to go off real bad. By the way, I need to, uh, to establish early dominance. Um, I, uh, yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> my, my home two-quarterback league, we have Herbert, my brother-in-law and I, it was we, we have Herbert and Tua. We need, oh. we need the over. We need the over. So I have a lot of Herbert, but here's the thing. I also need the fish and DFS to go all in on that game. And I need that game to fail. Oh, come on. Man, you guys are <laughs> sick people. I know. And it's, you can never be happy. That's the key. You want to situate yourself so that you can never achieve any happiness. You yeah, why, wanna, does, why not just be happy and enjoy Chargers, Dolphins, another all-time CBS match. This game better be on CBS. I'm looking right now. Oh, it's on CBS. Uh, it's on. It's on CBS. The Dolphins have never not played on CBS. <laughs> the Dolphins, yes. Monday Night Football has played on CBS when the Miami Dolphins are involved. <laughs> uh, another backfield. This is like one of those really like tossed-off late summer reports where the guys, yeah, they're going to be a committee. Uh, the Athletics' Mike Jones believes the Houston Texans plan on going with a platoon, quote, at running back. I mean – isn't after Damian Pierce got like a lot of every snap work? Yeah. It was like three or four drives during the preseason. But is Devin Singletary already getting away with it again in Houston where like coaches <laughs> just like physically can't keep him off the field? What do we make of this? I do, I do think that Singletary is a guy who just demands to be on the field. And he was, I, I just refuse to believe that Devin Singletary was signed in order to just stand on the sidelines with his chin strap unbuckled, waiting for Damian Pierce to, to, to need a breather. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't buy that. I'm not saying that you've made a huge mistake. If you've taken Damian Pierce, I think that he'll, he'll probably be fine. Um, but Singletary is going to mix in here. We, we talked about on the show, 
Damian Pierce, the single worst blocking back last year per PFF. Uh, Devin Singletary, the single best. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing this could actually be too presumptuous, but I'm guessing the Houston Texans actually are aware of that. And, you know, they have PFF Bobby. I was going to say, yeah, I knew you were going to mention PFF Bobby. Yeah. Bobby and so slower. PFF Bobby, he looked at the PFF grades and he said, we need Singletary. So, yeah, I think he mixes in. PFF owned by NBC employee Chris Collinsworth. Really, really good, valuable website. We use it all the time. Yes. Uh, they did lose Bobby Slowick to the Houston Texans, though. Um, it's, PFF it's is looking, they're looking very powerfully into replacing <laughs> Bobby Slowick. I mean, so Jamie Pierce, though, still top 24 running back, right? right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? For sure. I, I, I do worry a little bit about his prospects for week one because uh, the game script doesn't appear to be too friendly for the Texans no. against the Ravens. It's in Baltimore, Baltimore. Ravens in Baltimore. Yeah, they're 10 point dogs. Man. Oh, man. That's uh, that is. I mean, you talk about Brock Purdy's spot. CJ Stroud's spot is maybe worse. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like Jackson, this is like yeah. like a final pre the Ravens smarting from their preseason winning streak ending. <laughs> like, they get one kind of final preseason game against an entirely new coaching staff, an entirely new quarterback, an entirely new skill core for the Texans. It is difficult to see how the Texans hit the ground running this year. And yeah, the te- man, 10 point favorite. The game totals 43 and a half, and the Ravens yeah. are 10 point favorites. Tells you very bad things about the Texans. Yeah, you team do, do the math and see the Texans probably won't score a lot of points. No, they will not score a lot of points. The, the next prompt I had was Tony season. Thank God we already talked about yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> no more. There's seriously, no more. Can, please, just, like, dude, just go play baseball. And just exhausted, exhausted by Kadarius Tony. So, so exhausted. And, you know, I uh, wish we had any kind of Kadarius type Tony player to talk about on this next team. The I've almost said the St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, Denny. Cooper Cup has not officially been ruled out for week one with his hamstring hamstring mm-hmm. aggravation. He's certainly trending towards not playing. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Any Rams receivers you're getting like weird with in DFS, Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, things of that nature. Right. What are you for? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I, I do think that – so Van Jefferson is reportedly the wide receiver one in this offense if Cooper Cup doesn't play. <laughs> <laughs> He's just spinning on my water. Uh, dear God. I, I thought I actually made you choke for a second. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, that's going to have to log off. Um, I, you know, I – okay, like, I'll believe it when I see it, that, that sort of thing. God, come on, man. Like, Van Jefferson runs fast in a straight line. He's not he's – does, does he? Yeah, he's pretty fast. I mean, he, I don't know if he's fast. I mean, he's coming back from a major injury, I think. So, you know. I think that was last year, actually. Oh, was it? Oh, God. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, the years mixed together. Um, yeah, I, and and so the, the the sharp folks would say on 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 X that he would, they would say Stop. they say guys <laughs> listen forget about Nakua forget about uh, Jefferson or or what's the other guy two two Atwell two two Atwell it's Higby season and uh, I will I will broker no Tyler Higby arguments none what do you mean. It's like I can't even. I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. I can't listen to any Tyler Higby talk, man. Or oh, are you yeah. gonna? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted your spiel. But they're right. Uh, it. I'm sorry, but Higby, Tyler Higby eats a good setup and he catches four passes for 42 yards and oh no, eleven no, no, targets, no, no. eleven targets. But those eleven targets make you look pretty smart. The targets make you win an argument with the targets. You don't win any actual awards or anything of value. You do win the process argument. Have you ever tried to feed your kid with uh, with uncaught targets? <laughs> you can't. You can't. Has anyone had such pathetic target competition as Tyler Higby and still not taken any advantage it, of it? It's such it's such a bad team. It's such a it's so bad. Like I just I do want to say while we're talking about this Seahawks Rams game. If the Seahawks are available on your waiver wire, you need you you need to get them. Like you have to get them. I don't really care who you have. I would still play them. I know not in your league. In your league, the Seahawks are taken in the sixth round. I know, but they have a great Week One matchup. I am streaming the Ravens against the Texans. Would you rather stream the Seahawks? Is what you, I think the game's no. in L.A. No, 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 no. It's in Seattle. It is in Seattle. Oh man, I was to say, oh yeah. It is in Seattle. Uh, no, no, I, I would still. I mean, the Ravens are probably the top, the top play. What is going on here? The Seahawks are only five point favorites. 
Well, Cup so hasn't been declared out. It's true. I feel like that should be six and a half. Um, It'll be more, probably. Yeah. It should be six. Yeah, it probably honestly should be more. I, I think I, I could see this. Far. The Seahawks could be a major 2023 rug pull team, I'll say. Uh, yeah, any of the teams that like overachieve, people always take like, an overachieving se- season is like, they think it always means a springboard then to another actually good season, like the next step season. Or a lot of times, no, they're just like island overachieving seasons. It's kind of what we're talking about with the Lions, basically. Like, the Lions could have just been an island overachieving season. It wouldn't surprise me if it was the same thing with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Gino played way over his head, you know, I mean, per his career numbers. And if those come back to earth a little bit, uh, could be could be tough uh, for them to repeat from last year. I don't I don't really see them as like like a disastrous team by any means. As no, long no, no, as no. Gino is, is healthy. No, 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 and they could be in the mix in that division. That's a weird division. That every that it's insane how much is resting on Brock Purdy. Like actually insane. The entire yeah. NFC West. Seriously, and not just the entire team. It's the really is the entire division comes down to Brock Purdy. And if he, yeah. if he is not good, uh, maybe even the Rams are well coached enough to sneak back into that. Oh, I think the Rams are are going to be a total debacle. They are. They have just no talent. Like, yeah, it's I mean, been a they're, long they're, time since the team's had this little talent. A, a team that had, was once good, I should say, had this little talent. It would be one thing if if they had like a viable defense or a good defense, and they or could just like any depth at they, all. They, they, if the Rams could like win ugly, okay, then yeah, I yeah, believe yeah. that Sean McVay could win ugly. I don't think that they're situated to win ugly. I think they're just <laughs> situated no. to lose ugly. Honestly, yeah, man, that's pretty bleak, but. Uh, Danny, who's your favorite week one streaming quarterback? Uh, I mean, I don't know you, you shouldn't be streaming in week one. <laughs> well, I guess Probably I not. guess some people are, but who Probably is not. someone who's not like you know a top ten quarterback? Yeah, where you really like the week one setup. I, Sam Howell is the one that comes to mind. You know, he's going to be in a really positive environment. You know, at home. By the way, FedEx Field has sold out, and 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 it sold out in a real way, not in the Dan Snyder way where they covered, <laughs> they covered 43% of the seats and they said, Hey, we sold out. No, no, no. This is a real sellout. Uh, so Sam, how he was good in the, in the preseason, um, you know, lots of short passes, whatever, but he also has the rushing element. Uh, the Cardinals defense should be, should be pretty exploitable. I, I don't think you can go terribly wrong uh, starting Sam Howell this week. In my extremely preliminary quarterback rankings, I have Sam Howell as the QB 15. Mm-hmm. I'm in one spot ahead of Geno Smith. I don't, I don't know if that's smart. I wish we don't know. Is JSN playing? Uh, we don't know. I don't think we know. I have them both ahead of Kirk Cousins, but I'm all in on this Bucks thing, man. I'm all in on this Bucks thing. I got Kirk as the QB 17 this week. I actually might need my head examined on that one. I might need to get him up. But. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about that game now? Um, were we talking about that game? Oh, no, this, no, why we feel? Why we feel so powerfully about this? Uh, yeah. You talk about it. Well, I mean, look, the 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 Vikings defense lo- made a lot of really average quarterbacks look good last year. They did. They didn't really make a lot of changes. Okay, yeah. like they they talked a big game. Like they changed yeah. the coordinator. They blamed it all on like the old guy coordinator. Like he was old. Yeah, <laughs> that was literally what they did. Like, he was old. The young guy will figure it out know, yeah, um, exactly. with the exact same players. I know. So I know I'm going to get 15 ats on Twitter saying, uh, no, they, we have a new slot corner or something, but um, yeah, no. And, and so, you know, Baker Mayfield could actually be okay. The bucks have, the bucks have some weapons, you know, they still have Godwin. They still have Evans. Um, I, I could see it being kind of a nightmare scenario for Vikings fans. You don't think there's any chance that Steelers uh, 49ers secretly shoots out, by the way, do you? I do think there's a chance. I kind of think there is, too. I do. In fact, I've been kind of toying with that in in DFS. As ugly as it sounds, I kind of like Najee Harris. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Man, you're really – you got your thinking cap on for week one. I do. The brain is is enlargening. The cap is tight. <laughs> and the cap is telling me that people would rather, you know, shove a tax into their fingers than uh, than, than play Najee Harris. That, that was that was gross. I'm sorry. That was, that was really gross. gross. I'm but sorry. Producer Adam notes, by the Rams Seahawks line, 
was uh, Seahawks minus four and a half. It's gone up to five and a half. It needs to go more. It needs to go more. That was after the cup news, he said. Okay. Um, so the Rams went from four and a half point dogs to five and a half point dogs. It just seems very low to me. It needs to go higher. Then who is your favorite insurance back for the 2023 season not named Tyler Algier? We've heard your Tyler Algier thoughts many times on the show. They are incorrect. No, we, we haven't. So, yeah, sorry. Longtime listeners have heard about Tyler Algier a lot. Who's another insurance back you love for 2023 that's not Tyler yeah. Algier? Well, look, the the normies are in here uh, on Sean Tucker. And uh, he was actually trending on Twitter earlier. And <laughs> I, I swear. And, you know, because... He is he, Tucker, who was insanely productive at Syracuse. Um, you know, dropped in in dra- his draft stock plummeted plummeted after he had some mystery illness. The Bucks picked him up as an undrafted free agent. Our own Zachary Kruger was the first one to sound the alarms and say, "Hey, like, wake up! Sean Tucker has a chance in this backfield. He has apparently locked down that RB two role behind Rashad White. If you have your doubts about Rashad White get Tucker even if you don't get Tucker because I I really do think that Tucker could see something close to a three down role if White misses time this year Keyshawn Vaughn is still there apparently he still will probably mix in a little bit but uh Tucker Tucker's gonna be a thing if if White misses time or if he struggles honestly if he struggles I could see Tucker taking over as the as the primary rushing back while White takes the uh, pass catching stuff. Yeah, White just does not profile as a three down back. He profiled as that this summer, like it's kind of like an emergency measure. But you don't look at his his you know his resume, uh, his rookie efficiency, and think, man, this is the guy who needs to be playing all three downs. Like it's really never made sense. He had you know? a he had a really good college profile. I he will did, say. He did. Um, like like a, a very rare sort of target share uh, in, in, in uh, receptions share in college that made him very interesting, you know, coming into the league. Um, last year, he had horrific, you know, r- rushing numbers and metrics, but so did everybody for the Bucks. So maybe maybe that's the way it goes. Uh, I, I, I do. I do think that Tucker is very, very much worth an end of bench stash in all 12 team leagues. Totally agree. Uh then we'll, we'll, our final topic was an unplanned one. Okay. Do you know who Jaleel McLaughlin is? No. He was, I had never heard of Jaleel McLaughlin until I was perusing a site called rotorworld.com the other day where we had to blurb that uh, the, the Broncos press corps, oh, which report? I had the tab open and I very foolishly closed it. Uh, <laughs> Denver Post's Parker Gabriel reports Broncos running back Jaleel McLaughlin, an undrafted rookie out of Youngstown State, quote, looks set to be counted on right from the start. He was a preseason star. The Bron- I was just wondering if you had seen this report and if we were getting – this strikes me as a, a rather poor, Javon, because even if Jaleel McLaughlin, like, is a healthy scratch someday, the fact that, like, a Jaleel, Jaleel McLaughlin, like, trial balloon got floated <laughs> strikes me as a bad sign. And yeah. I just don't know what your thoughts are on this Broncos backfield. Are we still, I know that you've been excited. You were excited about some IGP Ryan. Then you betrayed him and got really excited well, about uh, Javante Williams yeah. after, he was, after he quote looked healthy once. And, uh, <laughs> and then just uh, wondering where you guys were. People named Jaleel McLaughlin are apparently going to have a role. No, he's not. First of all. And, and second of all, I was, I was all about P Ryan when the assumption, at least my assumption, was that Piran was going to go four, four to five rounds after Javante, but they ended up having a very similar ADP, which is you know whatever. I guess that's how people are valuing them. But if if the difference is one round, I'm taking Javante, and I'm not I'm not even thinking about it. I, I know there've been lots of reports about well, Piran will be the main pass catching back, whatever. I think that that doesn't really matter a whole lot. We saw Javante Williams targeted heavily in the in the preseason. Uh, you know, he's really good after the catch. So not that that matters, but uh, you know, I, I, I do, I do think Javante Williams will probably be one of the sillier ADPs when we look back at it. Jaleel McLaughlin apparently was the quote preseason scoring leader and the NCAA's all time leading rusher <laughs> uh, for Youngstown state FCS, I believe, but uh, wow. 
that would this be is news to me. Pull. You're breaking. You're breaking. This would be quite the rug pull. I saw this. While I was like on a plane the other day. I'm I'm not as sick as I as I thought. <laughs> no, I I wasn't. I wasn't. I just uh, wasn't trying to embarrass you. By the way, no, no. I you you would have thought that I would have had him on seven teams. I actually kind of did. I, I don't. <laughs> and, uh, there's a reason for that. It's because no one talked about him until over the weekend. Well, yeah, this guy's kind of touches. Where where, where was the media? <laughs> yeah, where where was? Where was the media on this? We're going to be here all week, including on Thursday when we come back with Kyle Dvorak uh, to preview the entire week one fantasy slate. Uh, injury reports are going to get cracking on Wednesday. We'll have all those updated, including Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, so much more. All the hot button issues for week one. Full slate of content. Well, not a full slate of content for week one. The content spigot will be turned on full blast for week two. Yes. Week one, a lot of stuff you can't do to get regular season data, but we're still in a lot. My rankings will be up Thursday. Denny has an article. Tell people about your new article for the season, by the way. Yeah. Have you heard about this? Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, that was my best line. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty good. I've been practicing in the mirror for 11 weeks. You were uh, trying to work up the courage to. Yeah, I just did it. I did one. it. I pulled off the band aid. It felt great. For it. Uh, so. Yeah, it's on it's on regression candidates, uh, both you know positive and negative. I know people will freak out about that. Oh, there's no positive regression. There's only regression. I'm just saying, guys who are running cold and running hot, and and so week one's a little different. We have to kind of look at last year and read some tea leaves and to understand who scored an absurd amount of touchdowns last year and who didn't, and who scored an absurdly low number of touchdowns. And I'm highlighting those players in that space every week. It'll be out on Wednesdays. He really good stuff, didn't he? Gave up waivers. I did. Then um, internally, that's been, that's been raising eyebrows here. I <laughs> <laughs> no, Kyle Dvorak is going to be doing yeah, waivers. This year. You, you know, you know what it is. Uh, I turned forty, and I, I just couldn't shoulder it anymore. I needed to hand it off to a young man. <laughs> you could not cope with the Jal- Jaleel McLaughlins of the world anymore. I couldn't. Uh, Kyle's- Kyle's been doing waivers. Denny's new signature article is going to be amazing. Everything Denny writes is amazing, useful, and informative. I have the rankings. Uh, Matthew Barry's Love Hate will be coming maybe, no, probably early Thursday this week. Uh, Just a lot, a lot of really good stuff. Zach Kruger is going to have stuff every week on the site. Mark Garcia is going to have stuff. Lawrence Jackson is going to have stuff. It's been a really good year at rotoworld.com. Thank you for listening. Keep it locked here. We'll be back Thursday.